Well, good evening, everyone, and good evening, everyone at home, or good whatever time of day it is when you watch this in the future. Um, I always find that weird when you're watching a video and someone says good evening, and you're watching the next morning, like, anyway. But yeah, it's good to be here, and it's good to be inside. As much as it's nice being outside, I'm glad that I don't have to have Josh holding onto my pages in the, the roaring wind on the field. So, this evening we're continuing our series on worship. And we've been going through a bunch of very interesting aspects of worship that Bevan has been leading us through. And today we're going to look at something based on worship in work and rest. Because worship is a multifaceted thing, right? We have worship all over the place. We have worship here singing. We have worship praying in the streets. We have worship in prayer. We have worship in meditation. Worship in all forms. And worship takes place in our work or in our school and in our times of rest. We can and should worship in our day-to-day -day lives as part of every breathing moment. We are part of God's creation and we are worshiping him. In Colossians 3, verse 17, should be on the screen? Brilliant. Grants on form. Paul writes, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All things. All things. And so we're going to look a bit at that this evening. And so we're going to start with work. And for many of us, I think, work can be a place where worship is hard to find. I mean, if my school days were anything to go by, you're not thinking about worship when you're sitting in history class, and maybe you don't like history, and maybe you're bored. And worship is not at the top of your mind. But still, this is something where we can worship, where we are called to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father. And this is a way we can worship by bringing our best, by, instead of treating it as just something that has to be done by trying to find the good in it and by realizing that God has placed us there. So me, I'm very lucky. I get to do something where in my work I feel like I'm really worshiping. And we can hop onto the next slide because I get to, I get to do research. So the last several years of my life I have been researching and as a, a side tip, if you're ever stuck at a meal or a supper where you've invited a, a researcher or a student, just ask them about their research. And I promise you, all you have to do is nod, and you can finish your meal in peace while they're talking. So, so I'm taking this opportunity to share a little bit of my worship at work. So this is graphene. If anyone's never heard of graphene, it's like the super material of the future. It's ridiculously strong, and it's made up of these hexagonal-shaped um, carbon atoms linked together. So. A bunch of my research has been on this, and so we have this sheet of graphene. And fine, we don't have to worry about the details. We can jump to the next slide, Grant. And so what we're going to do is take this graphene, put all these atoms dead still, no motion whatsoever, and then we just poke the center. So in the middle, we take two atoms, and we just twing, give them some energy. So you can't see it on the screen, but right in the middle, there's like a little purple dot. Okay, so we've poked that dot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have technology. Well played, well played. Yeah, so, so the red very fast moving dot, that's, like, that's something else. Um, so we can go to the next slide. 
and see that the dots got a little bigger. This is one picosecond. So one picosecond, those of you who paid attention in grade 10 science, is 10 to the minus 12, I think, seconds. Uh, very small time. Energy spreading. Give another couple of picoseconds, and see that all that purple is where the energy is spreading to. Okay, so far, nice, but what? Next slide. A few more picoseconds. It's still not clear, but this is looking quite pretty. Like all we've done is poke this graphene lattice, and we're getting this fairly nice pattern out the end. Okay, let's keep going. Yep, that's, that's the Star of David in the middle, uh, even if you can't see it um, in this light. But this is just what we get from taking a graphene lattice and poking it. Lo and behold, Star of David and some other funky stuff around the edge. And if you look at the last slide here, we have this amazing pattern, which has emerged from nothing. We've just taken this blank bunch of hexagons, flicked it, and boom. This is what we get at the end. And I've had this as the background on my, my computer for like years now, because it's just such a cool picture. And so like, for me, looking at this stuff like, as, a, as someone in science, like, this is amazing. Like, this is God's creation, where we find this stuff just by researching what he's given us, just by looking at the world. And for me, that's incredible. And so I really love my work as an opportunity to worship. And not everyone is as lucky as me, but we all have these places where we can worship in our work. And maybe you can worship through your workplace interactions. Uh, a number of us are at schools or work at schools or work with other people, and in all those interactions, we can be worshipful and we can bring God's kingdom. Bevan preached the other week about the horizontal effect of worship, where other people will see our worshipful work and be motivated and be inspired why is this different? What is this Jesus that is causing this change in this person? And so however we do this, we need to be placing God first in our work. Whatever that looks like for us. God has to always be first. And by working diligently and honestly, we can bring God's kingdom where we work. By being an active member of the church. And in work, we are actively worshiping by actively putting God first in our actions. And again, back to school, sometimes it feels harsh, but remember the Bible encourages slaves to work diligently, to work hard for their earthly masters even when life is unfair. And the Bible does tell them to seek freedom and does tell masters to be fair, but the Bible is clear that we are here to bring God glory and to be diligent in our work. So let's not be the lazy ones, let's not be the untrustworthy ones, Let's be the worshipful, trustworthy, positive people where we are. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So in our work, let's be like that. Let's offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Let's be committed to worshiping. But then what happens when we get home? So we spent the, good, the whole day being good Christians, we've been worshipping at work, we've been telling everyone about Jesus, and then we get home. Or perhaps you walk away from your computer because you're working from home. Um, and active worship is one thing, but what is restful worship? And here we're going to turn 
to John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. And I think, Grant, you can probably... Next slide. We're ready about that. There we go. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and the, my father is the gardener. Of course, this is Jesus speaking. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So we're going to come back to this passage a few times. So just keep it in the back of your mind, this idea of remaining in the true vine. And so the first question is, how do we approach rest? There are a lot of ways where we can try to rest. I know some of us have different hobbies, some of us have different ways of spending our spare time. Some of us are training for triathlons, some of us are playing games more than we ought to be. Yes, Grant. Uh, <laughs> um, some of us visit friends or video call with friends. And some of us, you know, binge watch series or sit on the couch. Or we all have different ways of spending our time. There are lots of things that we can do to seek rest. But let's try and make our downtime no less worshipful than our active time. So let's, let's spend our time doing things. Let's get out there and live life to the full that God has intended for us. But even in these things, let us bring him glory. Let us worship him in, these, in our spare time. But then the question arises, can we really live life to the full, as Jesus calls us to, if we do not drink the living water? If we're spending all of our rest time just doing things, and here sitting on the couch procrastinating counts as doing something because we're not resting, uh, then we are not recharging our spiritual batteries. And so worshipful rest is one of the most beautiful and life-giving things that we can engage in. Taking time to deliberately breathe and worship God in a space of freedom and peace, allowing our thoughts to slow down and our mind to turn off the highway of stress and into the calm avenue of God's peace. This is a place where we can become refreshed and renewed. This is a time for meeting with God and humbly receiving the gift of communion with our almighty creator. That's, that's something special. That's something truly special that Jesus has given us access to. Is this, this personal relationship with God the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. So, how do we do this? So we have this this dream of spending our time now, taking some time to worship and rest. 
And maybe you feel like you're that person, you get home from work, you get home from school at 6 o'clock, you maybe have to cook supper, then you eat supper, then you wash up, then you do your homework, or you do your tax returns, or whatever you're doing. Um, and then you just go into the next thing, onto the next thing, onto the next thing, and then it's bedtime, and you go to sleep. And you just get caught up in the cycle of doing things. And for me, this is really easy. Like, I, I could just give me half a chance, and I'll suddenly have everything booked. Just ask Claire about trying to schedule time together. It's, it's so easy to fall into this trap of just thing after thing after thing. But in my experience, the times when I've been the most busy have been the times where I've most needed to take some time to rest and worship. The times where I've tried to push through on my own, I just get exhausted and want to give up. I don't have that strength in myself to push through like that. I'm continually coming back to the well for more water, drawing more and more water, not really drinking the true living water that Jesus provides. But something changes when we take the time, even just 10 minutes in the evening, in the morning, just to spend that time with Jesus. After all, psychologists say that we become more like the people we spend time with. Surely the person we most want to be like is Jesus. So why don't we spend time with Jesus? Um, and like, this prioritizing time with Jesus is so, so powerful. There's times of stepping aside from the worries of life and allowing ourselves the perceived luxury of taking a few minutes to not be busy. And this is so crucial to maintaining our lives as productive Christians. If you want to be worshipful in your active time, we need to be worshipful in our resting time. We need to be breathing in and spending time with our Savior, with our Father. And so take some time to think about what this means for you in your situation with your passions, your interests, your household limitations. Where does it make sense for you to set aside some time to meet with God? And this is something which may well be different for everyone. Maybe you're an early bird and half past five in the morning, you get out of bed and you're awake and you can spend the time praying. If you're someone who's going to fall asleep immediately, don't wake up at half past five and say, I'm going to pray. That's, that's, that's not how it works. Then maybe you think about an, an evening 10 minutes. But find that space. And trust me, when you start doing it, you'll come back and carry on. Like, there's something so amazing about God that he's designed us for this. We come to him and we are refreshed. It's, it's just amazing how you do it and you want to come back again. And then because we're humans, we mess up and somehow, despite how amazing it was, we don't come back again and we fall back in our old ways. But I really encourage you to start. Just take some time to rest in Jesus. Rest in God. Let your brain forget about all the things you're trying to hold together and give them to Jesus. Let's see what he can do with them. So, Find a way to worship and rest. Maybe for you that would be going for a walk. Maybe spending time just lying, listening to worship music. Maybe you want to find a passage of scripture to gently meditate over. Maybe you want to listen to the Bible being read. There are all kinds of ways 
that we can engage with Jesus, engage with our Father in this restful, worshipful manner. And something I really want to emphasize here is that however we go about this, let's keep this element of remaining in God. Remaining. And the vine is such a good example here. I mean, obviously Jesus is an amazing teacher. Like, anyone who's ever tried to teach anything, you're constantly searching for good metaphors, good comparisons. And Jesus has just, like, every metaphor, every comparison is just so perfect. It's, it's amazing. Um, but this, this idea of being grafted into the vine, like, think about it. Being grafted from into, into the vine, like as a new branch, it's a difficult process, and it takes time to settle in as this engrafted branch. And if you keep ripping it off, I don't know if you can rip off like a grafted branch and put it back on again. You probably can't. But like, let's say you can. Like, imagine if you craft it and you spend some time, and you rip off. You come back. Rip off. Come back. You're not growing. Like, you're just staying alive. You know, that branch that is being messed around and not being treated well is not going to thrive. It's so important to remain with God, remain in that worshipful state. And so this is how our worship needs to be. And possibly it, it needs a rethinking of what worship is for us, but we need to be in this constant state of non-stressful worship. I mean, there's a reason that Andrea isn't constantly up here playing guitar, because it takes effort to do that act of worship. But that's not the only form of worship that we have access to. And so, as we worship, we can also remember that we have to worship because that's what we were designed for. If we want fulfillment, we need to spend time with our Creator. That's the way He's designed us, for a relationship with Him. And that's amazing. And so it's not because of some arbitrary rule in some arbitrary book written by some arbitrary people or some arbitrary God that says, thou shalt worship 24-7. It's just a natural expression of our love for God and God's incredible grace and love for us. And so by offering our complete selves in worship, we're making it a way of life. We're not obeying rules and avoiding punishment. Instead, as Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, we are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. We are receiving the end result of our faith, the salvation of our souls. And even as we go through struggles and strife, as Paul is writing about in Thessalonians, we can remember that we have this joy, we have this hope which comes from worship to God. In worship we stay connected to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And let us pursue that true worship which leads us to eternal, fulfilling life. Amen. Let's close with a prayer, and then we will head out to our various places. Mm -hmm. Father God, we thank you for the gift of worship. We thank you for your Son coming to set us free, that we may worship in spirit and truth. We thank you for the truth of who you are, that you are God the Father, you are God the Creator, you are God over all, and yet you love us. And you long to be with us. And Father, help us to seek worship, because this is 
is what you desire. And Lord, we desire to desire what you desire. And we want you, God. So Father, give us rest. And give us peace that passes understanding as we spend more and more time in your presence, worshiping you and experiencing the fullness of joy which only you can bring. Yeah, be with us all, Father. Amen. Cool. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you around.